Hello and welcome to Happy Place, the show where I, Fern Cotton, explore the world of mindfulness and well-being with some interesting folk. Today is no exception as we meet singer, songwriter and all-around fascinating lady Ellie Golding. Going from being completely unknown to suddenly everyone knowing who you are, everyone discussing your face, your clothes, your weight, uh, you know, your lyrics, your odd opinion, everything was discussed. It, it was just like, how do you deal with that? Ellie is so wonderfully open and candid about so many things in this chat, and I really didn't know she was going to be so willing to talk so intimately on this occasion. And I really hope that you get as much out of it as I did. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And now, here's the show. What joy it is to see you again. It's been ages. You too, I know. Too long. So long. Yeah. Are you good? Are you well? I'm really good, yeah. I feel sort of quite zen in general at the moment. That's nice. And I kind of walk, you know, this is kind of my, every time I walk out of the house now, it's just wet hair, no makeup, and it feels really good. Isn't it the best? Because obviously you've spent so much time having to be Ellie Golding and you've got to wear the makeup or, wh- or whatever the theme is and just to like be you yeah heaven it, it is heaven it's like a new world it's like a new yeah way of being it's really mad I, I didn't know any different you know from my I, I suppose I call it like my old life but I know I'm gonna have to get back into that at some point again with the next album and all that stuff but the idea of, of having a day off or mm. just doing my own thing was so alien to me I remember coming home for like one day at a time coming off tour and um, knowing that I had one day to just do whatever I wanted but just one day and then the next day I was off again so at the moment it's just so nice to rock up to the studio and and just have a bit more freedom I say that I'm I'm, like I'm off again on Wednesday and then I'm off again somewhere else Um, but at the moment it just feels like it's uh I think I keep saying chill, but I feel I just feel a lot more relaxed generally. I think. Is it a lot more on your terms as well, do you think, now? Yeah, I think so. I think I've gone through so many changes with with management and label and I have a whole new team of people. So I think before, because we were all mates, it just, uh, you know, I, I almost wanted to be working because it was always with the people I loved and it was always... And now it just feels a bit more... Like I am like doing a job, which is good because I can separate work and friends. And, and so I feel like I do, you know, it's more productive. Um, <laughs> we just used to, you know, like fuck around basically before. Um, so now it feels like I'm, I have someone cracking the whip a bit more. But actually they, I can be more of a boss in the sense that I can say that, you know, I really just cannot do that today. I really have to have a day off today. And I never, I've never felt like I could do that before because I didn't know any better. I was like, well, if maybe if I don't have a day off, you know, everything's going to go tits up and I'm going to have to, you know, my career is going to end. And so now I, because it's trial and error and I know what works and what doesn't and what I need to do and what I don't need to do. Um, it's like, yeah, I've got the experience now. Mm. Thank God. Isn't it weird, that sort of fear of having any time out? Like, I totally can understand that one. I have that all the time. Even if I'm so knackered and think, I need to take a break from this craziness, then there's such a fear of, oh, my God, but A, 
how will I emotionally get back into it? Will I get back into it? Like, it's a real fear. Do you mean, like, the fear of, like, just doing nothing? Yeah. Yeah. The fear of doing nothing, and then also the fear of having to do it again. Like, it's a weird fear all round. It's bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I yeah some some mornings I wake up and if I don't have anything specifically to do it does feel really strange mm. and I have to suddenly then go and write some emails or speak to someone on the phone or you know get something done but I've had to kind of train myself to have that space and yeah. know that I don't need to look at my phone I don't need to go and read the news I don't need to you know have some kind of productivity sometimes productivity is doing bugger all and I've realized that it's such a crucial thing um to sometimes even just you know I if I'm with my husband now husband um congrats yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) does it still feel weird to say you're like do you know what I hate to say that it doesn't and when he says wife he says it so comfortably I'm like you know, have, you, have I been your like, wife all along in, in your head? Because literally he says it and it's just like, it just rolls off. And it's I think there's nothing. a period where it sounds weird. You're like, God, I'm saying the word husband. It's a weird moment. But, but we were so, I mean, we were just like, you know, from from like pretty much the second we met, people were like, oh, they're going to yeah, get married. They just, people just knew. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, when I'm with him, I don't take my phone, which which is which has completely changed the game because... If he goes, if he goes to the toilet or goes off and does something, instead of just sitting there and just instantly going yeah. for my phone, I now just like just sit. look around, sit, yeah. you know, be with my own thoughts, like watch people, love people watching. Me too. So I just be a bit more observant and try and have that kind of calmness. Uh, but but before I was definitely stuck in a in a kind of rut of. Um, looking at my phone any second that there was silence or no one to talk to. Mm. Um, and I don't, the thing is, like, I'm renowned for like not talking on the phone and I don't really call anyone and people Same don't here. call me. Same. None not of my friends ever person. call me. They know I won't pick up. <laughs> yeah. They just know. There's, like, there's no point calling her. She will not. I hate talking on the phone. Same. Even Jesse, I hate. Yeah. Talk, it just feels like a massive waste of time. It's awkward. There might be a pause, and I feel yeah. worried. Yeah. I hate it. If Casper calls me, um, I go, "You're right. Yeah, what, yeah. What you're doing?" And he'll be like, um, "Oh, just wondering what you're up to. Just wanted to say hello." I'm like, "Text me, babe." Hello. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Um, uh, gotta go. And he's like, "No, you don't. Well, you're, not, you, you're not busy. I know you're in the car." Yeah. I'm like, "No, no, no. I've got to go. I've, I've really, I've really got to send this email." And then that, that's pretty that's much me. it. I just don't. I, I don't really it. like phone calls. That I'm quite much. big on voice notes at the moment yeah. because that is almost a conversation, but I'm in control. Yeah. This is what I'm going to say succinctly. It will be sent, <laughs> and then you shall send the same back. <laughs> Full stop. And then if I want to ditch out of it, I can. Yeah. I just won't look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate it, but yeah. it is weird because I feel exactly the same. I. I find it really hard to just sit and be. And the phone is a part of it, but also, like, say, because I'm so busy with balancing the kids mm. and work, and say, like, on a Monday, both kids are at school all day, and usually I'm working. But if I'm not, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. I've got to be okay because I feel, with being with me. Yeah, I, I feel like specifically you and I, um, we met when... Uh, I was, I just started doing music and it was all mad and it was chaos and it was a different world. There was no Instagram, there was no, there was, Twitter was sort of just happening. Yeah. Twitter was actually quite big then, it yeah. was this new novelty thing. So I feel like you and I were both in that kind of, not peak, but we were both just, you know, and, and yeah. we did so many live lounges and did so many Radio 1 things. And um, and I could sense it, you know, I could sense there was this kind of madness with you. I think mm-hmm. maybe you just met Jesse or maybe you were about to. Yeah. And there was this kind of excitement. And and even though we were both kind of stressed and t- I could, t- I mean, I don't know if you were tired, but I, I yep. was definitely tired all the time. <laughs> and, and that was pre-kids even, mm, maybe. It um, was. And it was, it was this kind of thing where I think we both sensed each other's craziness around us. Uh, but now... It's, I don't know, it feels like maybe we're both at, the, in, at this very different point in our lives. And I can't even relate to having kids yet. So I'm kind of in, the, I feel the same as you, except I don't have the kids to, to contend yeah, with Yeah, but as you well. don't, I, don't, I think so, a lot of people have that epiphany without becoming parents. You know, I, I think mine was a mixture of probably turning 30, some mm. personal shit going on and having kids, maybe stopping my tracks and rethink everything. Yeah. And certainly, I think you're right, we have been on this sort of bizarre 
path where we've both had that just utter craziness yeah. and then and you think you want it and then actually you crave the simple and totally and totally basic stuff and people people always say to me oh when did you want to be famous and I'm like well actually I I don't think I ever wanted to be famous and that's the kind of wrong way to look at it I desperately wanted to be uh, a musician I would I mean it's kind of it was kind of sad when I think back to it I, I sang so much I would sing in the pubs I would sing in the clubs I would sing in the restaurants I was singing you know in the I think I went busking at one point like I, I all I wanted to do was sing and, mm. and play music and then all of a sudden you know I'm signed to a record label I'm signed to a publisher I've quit university um, I've moved to London and suddenly you're thrust into this world where there's cameras and you know I remember rocking up to Jules Holland uh, the, the TV show and thinking oh yeah I can do this easily even though I was just like a kid and that's one thing that I took for granted then I was just a kid and I had to go and sing on live television and and I now have to remember that that wasn't normal and I, I, I think I felt the performance so I did I've never watched it back I've never watched it back really? do you really think you did don't know. I haven't watched, <laughs> I haven't watched it. I've, well, you just had a feeling after that wasn't. No, I just knew, and I was and I was cocky, and I and you know the, these things. None of these things were natural. None of the things I was doing were natural. The people I was meeting, you know, meeting famous people, people that you've seen from oh, you know, off of the TV, or like on the radio, like as if it's like a norm, a normal yeah. thing. Like oh, that's so and so, that's so and so. And I realised that you you suddenly get wrapped up in this world, thinking oh, I'm supposed to be a part of that world. But actually, you then, from that moment that I started my career uh, with these people and on doing this, doing TV, doing radio, doing the things that normal people just don't do, mm. I realised that was the end of of the person that I was. Yeah, and that was that was and that was beginning of this kind of fake person that I had to be in order to deal with the very surreal and strange and definitely not normal situation that I was placed in. And I, I don't know whether you you felt this as well, but you know you, you're desperate to just be yourself, but then you realise that for some reason being yourself just didn't really seem to work in so many situations and mm. contexts in that in the yeah, job. Yeah, I, 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 and again, I'm not sure where you're at on this whole sort of very nice trajectory that we seem to be on because we're going in in a good direction, but I. I started off again quite naively. Like, I mean, I was 15. You so were I so young. Yeah, I yeah. what I was doing, but I was just like, oh, this is all very fine. And, and, and you normalise it. And then I definitely felt not good enough, didn't fit in. I'm meant to be part of that gang, but I don't really feel like I can be me, me. So I'll be me with a bit extra or, yeah. or whatever it might have been. Yeah. And only in the last two to three years... I've had a homecoming. Yeah. I'm back to just being me again. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. I don't give a shit if you think my podcast is shit. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you like my Instagram page. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I, I honestly have given up caring because it's exasperating and I can't yeah. be anything but me. Yeah. I don't want to be. Yeah. And it's, it's empowering. It's liberating. I speak my mind now. I did not do that before. I would yeah. just go, oh, yes, we'll just do whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I go, actually, I don't really want to do that. I would rather this. And again, if that upsets you, that is your reaction. I'm not responsible for it. And that has been so nice yeah. to get to that point. Yeah. So nice. It is, it is like a revelation because yeah. I did feel... I'm the same. Like I, I, Usually for me, it involved alcohol. I realized that well I thought I didn't realize I assumed that I couldn't really be uh good enough or funny enough or you know smart enough or crazy enough to be with certain people and for some reason I just found myself surrounded by these people all the time and they're perfectly nice people and actually you know what going through probably the same thing Mm. and feeling as though they weren't good enough either and then you just got you've got a room full of people whether it's a bloody awards thing or a I don't know a TV show or a because this is the world I found myself in that became normal those those situations um because you know I did the last thing I wanted to do was go to a pub or go somewhere where my friends were at because I was just recognized all the time so I ended up having to be around people that also got recognized because then you know they were kind of in the same boat um and but then you realize that these people aren't really my friends Mm. and they're not they don't really know the real me that you know and uh so I I would drink to 
make myself what well I what I thought was a more interesting version mm. of myself. Fun and interesting, Ellie. <laughs> Who's had six margaritas. But you know what? But even everything I did was nerve wracking and people always assume that that to do what I to do what I do, oh, she must be really confident and just you know, she can go and do a live lounge, which by the way was some of the most uh, nerve-wracking things I've ever done mm. for some reason. I think I think everyone's just the same yeah. thing. It's, it's, I mean, terrifying. I even drank before those. I really? swear to God. Yeah, and it, I mean, it sounds. It, it's you know, I wasn't an alcoholic because I I could not drink. I could I would say right, got to drink this morning. So I've got this thing where I'm doing an interview and I don't really know how to answer the questions because I sort of don't really know who I am anymore. Therefore, mm. I can never really give any real answers because I've sort of forgotten. You know who's answering yeah and so I felt like drinking would at least make me a bit more funny or a bit you know or you know make it more interesting but then I could also go easily months without drinking as yeah. well so I knew that I, I knew from you know having um I'd had a couple of partners who who were addicts and what you know and and I I understood the the difference yeah. between being able to give up and not um it just became a like a, a comforter for you like to yeah. get through the weirdness of it yeah Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because I, rem- I remember... Well, actually, I just, I've just had another memory. So I remember the first time you came in for a live lounge, and I thought that was the first time I met you, but it wasn't. So the first time we did a live lounge, I remember we had this awful live lounge at the time in the old studios and these crummy little sofas and you were sat in the corner with your little bobble hat on and you did starry-eyed and it was just a beautiful, very special moment where I think a lot of people went, holy shit, this is next level and it was gorgeous. But I remember meeting you actually before that when I was dating somebody else (laughs) and, and, and you were in the same, I think it was somewhere in Shoreditch and you walked in and they were like, oh, this is Ellie, who's a songwriter friend of mine. There, there were lots of people I was I was put with. I was put with this one guy who was incredibly drunk and asked me to go and get vodka for him from the from the local um, shop. Uh, and, and because I was in that kind of like, yes, yeah, sure. Um, I was just this like naive young singer. And I, I mean, I had quite a few of those situations with, with uh, I mean, there weren't really any female producers. In fact, there mm. weren't any. So it was all male producers. And, you know, I realised how actually dodgy that was. Yeah. This young girl from the, age, from the age of 18 going into these studios with these blokes. And there generally wasn't anyone else there. And I definitely felt, yeah, that was like a, a vulnerable time, for mm. sure, of not really... Because well, you want to you succeed. Like, your goal is to keep doing what you're doing. So, you know, you are vulnerable because you want to be polite and if they're asking you to go and buy them drinks, you'll go and do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a terrifying place to be in a, and yeah. I wish that it wasn't like that. And I think it still is in a lot of ways in totally. many industries that, that yeah. that's the way it goes. Yeah. And, and it takes, you know, all of these years to get to where you're at and where I'm at where you go, I can now say, no, thank you very much. Or <laughs> this is how we're going to do things and yeah. not be scared. And it's sad that we felt scared in the first place because we should all be able to speak our mind, be yeah. who we are, have our opinions. But it I takes think, a while. I think maybe a couple of times I, I like voiced my opinion about something and you get so much shit for it yeah. that, that you then you kind of like cower away from it and don't, you know, you, you don't want to continue doing that because it, it you, you know, there was such a random like um back not backlash but um but people say no what do you know you know just because you're famous or whatever and it doesn't mean your opinion like means more than my opinion or whatever but but then it, it genuinely I used to say the say the odd thing on twitter I was quite quite um open about political stuff and I thought I just can't be bothered because mm. you know people clearly get very upset by it and um I I was like who am I who am I doing this for like what is this going to achieve? Like I want, I, I, you know, I want to be honest and I want to show that, you know, I, I, I care about things, but 
it just yeah it got to a point where like I was I was spending too much time worrying about other people's reactions um to anything yeah that, that it just was completely you know um overwhelming and uh you you stop I mean it's just like you said about not giving a fuck and not giving a shit about what people think and um I think at some point you really do have to do that and yeah. I and I I think social media is is really to blame for a lot of people suddenly just just being conscious of what people think about them and their we opinion. all are aren't we it's terrifying because I although I don't give a shit I still do at times worry or if someone said something um, about something I've really passionately poured a lot of love into and they're not seeing that or they see something else, I find those assumptions really hard to swallow. How have you coped with that over the years? Because you've had assumption on international, like, mass level. How do you... Do you digest it? Do you park it? You know, what is your, your strategy? I've realised that the less I... Certainly the less controversial I am in in giving my opinions and um, perhaps acting in a provocative way that would welcome that kind of reaction I know I think you you kind of attract what you put out and that's what I've noticed that when I look when I you know which I and I do do this and and I admit I do this you know look through comments and things like that I've noticed I don't really have a huge amount of negativity Mm. Even when I post, you know, I'll post a picture of something that maybe is focusing more on my body or my face or whatever. I used to be too insecure to do that. And then and now I just do. And I don't really get like a huge amount of negativity. But I really feel like that's because I haven't I purposely have have kind of kept kept my opinions to myself while still trying to have that kind of individuality and that voice. I speak Mm. about the things that I really genuinely care about. But I don't have any time or energy or actually thought into... For example, if if when I see other artists talk about, um, talk about other artists in a kind of derogatory way on Twitter or on Instagram, um, it gets the most attention. Mm. It gets the most uh, interaction from people, which, which kind of kills me because I realise that being negative and, and being not very nice about people kind of gets the most yeah airtime it, it, yeah, air and, <clears throat> and so it, so so then uh, I think some people then think you know I have to act a certain way to get this attention because it seems to be all about gaining uh, kind of gaining friends on on the internet and yeah. it's, I know it's, it's very bizarre but I, I I over the years I have had things and I've I've had stories written about me that where I've had to do my best to not respond to them uh you know things that were untrue or things that were perhaps very one-sided and I I, I, like something told me not to react and Mm. something told me not to uh immediately respond because I knew that I would be irrational I knew that I would say something I regret and I knew that I wouldn't be doing it for the right reasons and and it's all it's all really to keep people liking you or keep mm. people kind of on your side and I think that's I think it's dangerous to kind of be stuck in that mindset of always wanting to please people and how do you then sort of personally find peace with it because um I, I try and do this and this is more in my personal life but I am very outspoken and often I will get myself in tricky situations because I feel like I literally can't keep my mouth shut. What are you outspoken about? If I see that there's some injustice or someone's treating someone badly within my inner circle or whatever, I always feel like I've got to stand up and like say my bit because otherwise this is what I struggle with. If I think actually this isn't my business I've got to just let that play out on its own. Mm. There's this like thing in my head that can't understand well, how come they're getting away with it? Like, without anyone saying anything. I can't sit peacefully with that. And Mm. I know I've got to learn to, Mm. but I always think, well, they're getting away with it and no one's saying anything. I'm going to. And and I'm, I'm not even coming from it like in a soapboxy way or like I'm on I've got moral high ground blah 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 because I'm aware of my own you know failures and how fallible I am like anybody else but I've just I can't sit with it and I I think that takes so much strength to go Mm. I'm letting that play out their karma will get them at some point or whatever will happen and I've just got to sit back I find that 
excruciating. Yeah. I think that's my, like, spirit, the spiritual side of me battling with, like, the pragmatic, realist side mm. of me. Because <laughs> my spiritual side really wants to say, like, karma and, you know, um, you, you, you get what you give out. Because I think I, I've noticed, <clears throat> you know, over the last couple of years when I'm much more aware and I'm much more comfortable with my own skin and all of those things we've talked about, that you'll see um, repeated life lessons, like the same one. We'll mm. all have maybe one or two and mm. you go, oh, why is this happening again? Like, why am I having to learn this lesson again? And it's the same one. And for me, my other one is boundaries. Right. I find I, I'm just learning to, to set boundaries now because before you know, certainly in my career, but mm. in other parts of my life, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. And, you know, we'll make mm. that happen. Mm. And absolutely, I'll do whatever it takes or have everything that I've got to make you happy or whatever it might be. And now I'm getting to a place where I think I believe I deserve, you know, good stuff, whereas yeah. I probably didn't before. And <laughs> I'm happy to go, yes, this is fine. But actually, no, that's not. Mm. And I and I still find it tough because I want everyone to feel happy and relaxed, the people that I like in my life. But it's so important that we're clear with people. And that one for me, it just keeps coming back. Like, here's the lesson again. Try again. Try yeah. again. Do you have ones that just keep evolving and keep showing up? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I do. I, I think that I used to be much more... I always say irrational because um, something that always comes back up and I've had a lot of therapy and uh, I've spoken to a lot of people and I I try much more to um, to listen to people rather than talking all the time. I think at one point I probably thought that my opinion and, and my voice was, was more important so I would I would talk more and people would would talk less other people would talk less and so I think um from my childhood and growing up and becoming you know who I am now was that I was I could be really angry and I could get really angry and I think that's definitely affected my relationships and I think certain things can just stick with you unless you somehow I mean therapy for me has helped me literally get rid of things you can't yeah. you can't just take away a trait a personality trait but you can work to take it away I can't think of the right word um, or like exercise something or like or channel like I think with anger a lot of time it's channeling that into something else yeah yeah well for me I just wanted to I just didn't want to have this anger and you know I've I've had family stuff and I've had stuff in my personal life which is I think probably made this anger get worse and worse but I think also I guess it's important to be with someone who brings out the best in you and certainly when I met Casper this anger thing just kind of went away really and how wonderful yeah well I mean obviously at, at first it didn't I just I wanted to be like I did that thing that we all do when we first meet someone that we really like and you have you definitely and no one can deny it have like a filtered version of yourself oh, yeah. where you oh, yeah. you know you you don't possibly show any of your bad traits um oh, you know you eat yeah. really politely yeah um you know you sit really politely like I generally you know sit kind of like with my legs wide open mm. and just however I want and I'd sit you know with my legs crossed and I'd and I'd like yeah do and like be really tidy and not swear and um and then now I do what I want and, and it's fine <laughs> no, I, I've got a ring on it um, <laughs> do whatever the hell I want but but I but Actually, because he's such a calm person, he helped me see things in a different way. Uh, and I'm not saying that you have to meet another person to change yourself because I, that's absolutely not it. I think you really, if, you, if you're not finding the right person for you and you're like kind of racking your brain thinking, why can I not find someone? It might genuinely be because you're not the best version of yourself in that moment. So you're mm. not going to find someone that's right for you because... You're you're putting out a different version of yourself. So with Casper, I instantly felt calmer. I think it was a combination of meeting him and a change management. So I kind of had this period of time where, because I literally didn't have anyone to manage me, I just kind of um, hid away in the studio for a few months, and it was the most amazing, liberating mm. time 
not having to do anything that I think it was a combination of, of those things but I always have when I I always have to go back to that that lesson of trying not to be irrational I think the reason I say anger a lot is anger was like a was like a was something like a emotion like a feeling that kept coming up in, in the you know however many years I've been doing this um, and that's something I have to keep and I'm not afraid to say it like I keep having to go and talk to people about and trying to like you said uh, uh, channel it into something into my writing into my singing or just trying to alleviate it and yeah. and not use anger in in situations when I could you know have something out I think people might be surprised to hear that but you know I don't I don't think I come across as like an, an angry person um or like a bitter person about things but uh it's definitely something I've been I've had to work on for a long time. I think anger's a really interesting one because boxing helps. <clears throat> boxing, <laughs> punching the shit out of something and seeing a face on that punch it bag. It really does. Yeah, it's a few faces. It's good. Yeah, because, yeah a few, a plethora of faces. <laughs> um, I think anger's a really important one to talk about because I did a post about this on Instagram the mm. other day. I was having a particularly angry day. Anger's a big one for me. I'm. I'm. Why are you having? I can be day, a feisty fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, seeing some injustice that I didn't feel right. was appropriate about you or about someone else someone else okay and 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 I I I again probably appear quite calm or at least uh, rational yeah. in most situations within my public mm. life um but I can be like a little Jack Russell like really angry and I can't let things go and mm. and it is a real problem and when I did this post I had a lot of people commenting saying I'm so glad you're talking about anger because especially sort of in the well-being sector, it's mm. almost seen as like you should feel quite ashamed to feel exactly, anger. Exactly, yeah, Like, yeah, God, yeah. how embarrassing that you haven't sorted that anger thing out. And it's like, <laughs> wait, this is a human emotion that, that is, we're all going to feel it on yeah. varying levels and yeah. it's going to come up. And better to deal with it and acknowledge it rather than suppress it and like let it build quietly down here and then it's going to, you know, erupt like a volcano down the line. It's, yeah, suppressing anger definitely is awful it definitely doesn't work I want to talk about it I want to talk about all of it I want to get the nitty gritty out I want to dissect it talk to other people like you say I've done tons of therapy about all sorts of stuff yeah and me too yeah. I want to understand it yeah rather than just exist I want to get and to it, the it's nothing, bones of it. It, like you said it is, it is it is definitely nothing to be ashamed of I think everyone gets angry but it's how it's how you deal with it and I know not I think therapy is also something that I like to speak about because the idea of talking to someone that you don't know, first of all, is 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 very daunting, but actually so beneficial because sometimes friends might be giving you a biased opinion or you know something that subconsciously benefits them in mm. some way. So I think it's better to speak to someone who is you know completely. I mean, not devil's advocate, but someone who is is um, not part of your friendship circle or part of your world or, you know, who truly gets like an outside perspective and, and learns everything about you in that moment. And they'll mm. learn so much about you. And I think therapy has been kind of, it has this... Um, I guess stigma in a, in a way. It's, yeah, it's, I think um, it definitely does. Yeah, especially with men. Uh, and... I think that that kind of needs to go because uh, talking is 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 very important. I mean, I like, like you. I don't speak to people on the phone. I don't speak to a huge amount of people. And actually, you know, I've I don't know if you found this as well, but I developed this kind of quite extreme social anxiety. And I think as a symptom of my job of going from this world where. I was having to be very sociable and meet yeah. lots of people. And people say, oh, you know, you've got to play the game. You've got to meet that person. You've got to do that oh, thing. Oh, I hate I that know. one. <laughs> right? Oh, I can't. So, I can't. So, so um, what I'm talking about is this thing where you, you, you are told to meet certain people, to go to certain things, do certain things uh, to benefit your career or, you know, people saying, oh, it's good for, good for business. But actually desperately you know wanting to fight that and being like but I I truly just want to make friends yeah. I truly just want to and be good at singing and yeah yeah and just do my job yeah. and I think I really really battled with with suddenly having this successful career that I thought oh my god cannot lose this cannot lose this you know I I come from like I come from uh I hate saying poor poor family but 
I came from a family with no money. I, I, you know, I came from a situation where everyone around me and and my parents and everyone was struggling and, uh, you know, not even ha- having enough money to, like, pay, you know, for the electricity or, um, you know, pay bills or whatever. And so getting this, like, getting this, having this career and realising that I had this thing that I could have as my job, you know, was the idea of of losing it or someone trying to uh not not sabotage it but you know the idea of someone trying to affect your career the thing that you've built for yourself from nothing was just so scary so you so you know you're kind of forced into thinking that you have to do these things mm. but you're battling with it because i know you're like me that that really you just want to you just want to meet people talk to people have a genuine have like a fun time um and have connections and things to be yeah. real uh but my job was so associated with the opposite that I literally didn't know who I was yeah. I literally didn't I was like who am I and mm. which it's like every day I was thinking I don't even know what my personality is anymore I don't mm. know who my friends are like I don't you know I wasn't seeing my family I, you know, I obviously I was in relationships, but I felt like I needed to have someone because I, you know, I wasn't close to my family at the time. Um, I had this job that was taking me around the world that was forcing me to be in the spotlight every day to be talked about. So I always needed someone, but of course I, I wasn't really me. So anyone that, that I was close to, I don't want to go as far as saying it wasn't real, but it wasn't what it should have been mm. you know it for that kind of closeness and that kind of yeah, relationship I and it. I regret I do regret that um but it was my survival and and it was it was how I survived and mm. to survive going from being completely unknown to suddenly everyone knowing who you are everyone discussing your face your clothes your weight uh you know your lyrics your odd opinion everything was discussed it was just like, how do you deal with that? Mm, and so unhealthy. I feel like I have to think of all the things I did, whether it was I behaved, you know, perhaps badly to someone or I, I behaved passively to someone or I didn't talk to that person at that time or I didn't do that thing. I have to think about everything I did as, as survival because I'm here now and I'm like, right now, I'm like the closest I've been to who I really am. Mm. And it took all that time and I just... I I have to I have to forgive myself for you know for for acting certain ways or or not doing certain things or treating people the way that I did. I have to forgive myself for that because yeah, I I I don't think you were I was coping. Any, I was coping. I was like I was <coughs> surviving. I, I I absolutely um relate to everything you've just said like 100%. Probably not to the extreme because for you it was it was international and it was you know it was all day every day and I, and I've you know luckily had these little pockets of time where I you know have been on maternity leave or mm. or when I've just quit everything and gone no oh, need some time where I've had a little bit of clarity but I think you know even on the level that I've experienced it it's insane and I have the same drive as you you know I'm from a working class family mm. I I don't take anything for granted mm. I'm constantly worried that it's all going to go mm. and that this has just been some weird dream and <laughs> that it's all going to be snatched away mm. you know that drive is part of that tenacity and that little Jack Russell that I've talked yeah. of and yeah um and again then you do things to cope and to get through the weirdness and the lack of normalcy and yeah and all the strange stuff and, and it does yeah. worry me like you know, we're in this really strange time where I guess it's sort of equal in measure. We've got this brilliant young generation who are, who are all about, you know, um, environmental issues mm. and activism. Like mm. Activism has become this amazing new movement again, which I'm so excited about. But then there's another uh, portion of, uh, of that generation who, you know, watch a lot of TV shows where they want to be famous. And that's mm. the goal. Mm. And it just scares the shit out of me because... You know, you and I are really lucky that we do something we love. And sometimes I do think, you know, we've got a platform because now we're able to do really great work with lots of people listening. And I don't think either of us uh, are irresponsible with that. We both want to use that platform and that audience to do good things. And that's exciting. That's, again, really lovely. But when you just want this fame bit without knowing what it... Well, it's a mythical thing anyway. It doesn't really exist. It's just, you know, people spotting you in the street or... 
you know, weird opportunities or actually discomfort because yeah. lots of people are staring at you yeah. or a lot of opinion. And it just scares me that that's the goal for a lot of people without getting... It doesn't It doesn't bring you anything. The talent or the skill or the hard graft, that, oh my God, that can feel amazing. And that yeah. can bring, you know, so many wonderful feelings. But just fame on its own, what is it? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I, it does. It, it, you know, the, the second that people, the second that, that someone says to me, like a young person comes up to me and says, I want, you know, I want to be famous. How do I do it? I like, I, I, you know, I kind of, first of all, I'm like, oh gosh. And then I, I say, you know, please, you know, I don't, I say it kind of along these lines of, um, you know, please don't want to be famous you know if you if you have something that you really you're really genuinely passionate about and it doesn't involve fame then please please do that mm. um when i when i was a kid i like i said i just wanted to sing and act and that's all i wanted to do and i wanted to play instruments my dad played guitar so i was obsessed with guitar i would play every single night in my room um and uh, so it came from a real place. Yeah. It wasn't like I got to a point where I was like, "Oh, I think I, oh, I think I'd like to be famous." You know, it was it, it was not that at all. So the fame thing, like you said, is is mythical. It's um, maybe maybe for like a year, it's a bit exciting, mm. maybe, and that's just pushing it. Yeah, no, I agree. Because, I had that um, for sure. actually, um, and I know I've noticed an increase in in just people striving for this fame and it's bloody instagram that's done it mm. it's 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 uh it's posting a picture getting a few likes and thinking oh my god that got that many likes maybe a next picture and get more likes and so on and so on and then you're pushing yourself in a way that is it is uh it is not real it is superficial and then before long i think it's another way of forgetting who you really are mm. um and again basing yourself on other people's opinions of yourself where your um, self-worth comes from exactly You're placing and, in the hands of other people and i'm sort of hoping because i think instagram is such a like you said is a is a great place for activism it's a great place for people to, to for young people to come together and really do good you know seeing these kids striking all over the world yeah. um for climate action is absolutely incredible and i like I really commend that and I think it's I think it's so admirable and so cool. And so social media can really can really, really help with that and get the message across. Especially to people who I you have to remember there are, you know, there are generations of people that don't necessarily go on Instagram and, you know, so they're seeing things on the news and they're and they're seeing these images and captured by people on their phones. Because it's also just people being on their phones all the time, which allows us to always see every single thing in the world that's going on all the time. But but at the same time, it is encouraging this this um, generation of of people just wanting to to be known. And mm. I think that the the passion or the, the the want to be famous is the want to be adored and be liked. Uh, and I don't know whether it's coming from a place of you know not feeling like you're being appreciated in your within your family or your friends or where you live uh, I think it's just this this um, yearn to be to be someone yeah. and to be something and it's it, it is actually easier these days to, to become famous yeah it's easier because yeah. uh, you unfortunately it's involved more in um, superficial things like the way you look and the things you wear because it's all about pictures and about posting pictures of your of, of of your how well you can do your makeup and how you know pretty you look once you've had this you know before and after thing or you know your fashion sense and and that that's that's great if, if that's your passion if fashion if makeup is or your model and that's your thing but it's just kind of I have to admit I feel like and I don't like I said I get scared of my own opinions on things but I like it's kind of out of hand mm. I think um and I just hope for some reason in my head that it, it comes to a head and it just kind of... It implodes. It all implodes and it all, and it all goes back yeah. again. This, this whole thing of taking away likes, um, I think it's genius and I mm. think it, it needs to happen because this obsession with likes is just... I mean, I, I know because I've had it. Yeah. Because I've posted pictures and thought, oh, if this doesn't get this many likes, then, you know, I'm doomed. And it's... You know, Casper, my husband's reading this book at the moment called Silence, and it's and it said something in it about um, 
you know, if you switch off your, your social media and switch off the news for two weeks, it's a struggle. But when you eventually go back on it, mm. nothing's changed. Is that by Erling Kag, the yeah. Norwegian mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. So I'm so obsessed with him. I've actually befriended him. And we're really? now email pen pals. Oh, that's such amazing. He yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And yeah. I so adhere to like everything he says. And I want to be more like him. Mm. Like... I need to start wearing big woolly jumpers and walking in Norway and, you know, just <laughs> retreating because it has gone too far, like you say, and we need to work out ways of blocking out the exterior but, noise. But when you, but if I've ever switched off, if I've ever, oh God, sorry, I've got this new brace in and I cannot, it makes me not <laughs> unable to talk properly. I'm such a dog. Uh, I've got that. I don't know if anyone's got Invisalign, but I've had but, it. Yeah, I've it's had the it. worst. Um, but it's also great in the end, but during it, it's not Annoying. fun. There's so much food in my teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing changes. Yeah. You go back on social media after two weeks, people are posting the same shit same that they were posting two shit. weeks ago. People are doing the same thing. Yeah. They are they are wanting to give an impression of their life that probably isn't what's really happening in their life. Mm. And therefore, you know, people are just expressing this fake world all the time of themselves and other people. And spending more time posting pictures and really being in the experience that they're in. And I know that's like, I know that's been said a lot, but I do feel sorry for people who who have got into this into this uh, vicious circle of only being able to do something if it's worth posting. Mm. You know, or going going on holiday and being like, oh let's go there but you know what in, in the back of their mind thinking this is a great thing to Instagram. Yeah. And it and like then, like I said, I hope that it that implodes at some point because it's totally out of hand. People aren't really living their lives, and I, and like I said, like I said, it's like, what do I know? I don't feel like my voice is any more special than anyone else's, but I also do have a voice, and my opinion is that too many people are not enjoying real things yeah, a lot, and and my from especially from my perspective as an environmentalist as well, people aren't people aren't like experiencing nature anymore. People aren't immersing themselves in the natural world and just because you're not from the countryside or you didn't grow up in the country and you don't and you don't really like the country that much you know you're a city person it's just so good for you and so So good to be around nature and be around well clean-ish air I don't think I don't know I think we can argue that not like all air is kind of a bit affected now by pollution but but just being in a forest like being out in the countryside being out in nature it really does make a huge difference to your mood and you know what you don't need to instagram it you don't need to instagram take a picture picture. in your mind take a picture in your mind mind. and have a moment like casper and i were were lucky enough to to have a bit of a honeymoon and we don't really like lying on beaches we don't like um like doing the reading book on the beach thing so we wanted to just hike and and bike ride and you know do active things mm. and have fun and I've never had so much fun and you know, it took me a few days to get over the wedding because it was just so overwhelming having all those people in one place yep. and you know sharing that love and having so much fun and it truly was the most fun weekend of my life so it took me a few days to sort of get back to just it just being me and Casper but we just had so much fun and we didn't Instagram any of it or you know maybe I posted a couple of pictures but really, you know, when people were saying, how was your honeymoon, what did you do? And I, you know, I said, oh, it was fun, we did this and we did that. But really the moment was just for me and him mm. and being on the, those bike rides and going on those walks. It was just so lovely. And mm. and I I just want, I, I hope that people get more back into the, the frame of mind of, of, you know what, I just, I'm just going to enjoy this trip somewhere or this whatever with my other half or with my kids you know with my family and just not feel the need to in you know post everything yeah i hope or even take a picture at all yeah just don't even take it i i like going walking and i leave my phone at home or jesse will drop me off somewhere and i'll just ramble home without my phone yeah oh, it's but i am quite mad so i need it i have to do it's like a, a discipline yeah. i have to do it. i have to get out in it yeah it's yeah got to yeah. Happen. yeah um and we should we'll have a hike we'll have a walk soon yeah. with no phones i would love that yeah yeah let's do it just walk yeah. and chat and yeah. look at trees and yeah i would love that more of that yeah <laughs> um ellie thank you so much for your time i've been I wanting it's been it's been heavenly um i've so wanted to have this chat for a long time and i'm so glad to see you at a really happy gorgeous place in your life yeah yeah it's a good well you too yeah we've been through a lot we have uh we've uh you know 
we've seen each other a lot throughout through the years not mm-hmm. enough i think but you know we've we've from a you know work point of view we've seen each other quite a bit and you also seem in in a really yeah. good place and i think you know there's there's always things i'm working on i'm sure there's things you're working on and i i love to speak to people god i even had bloody hypnotherapy a few months ago uh but i'm always working on things and yeah i still get angry and i still get this and that but um but i feel right now more um human mm. than i ever have and i think it's going to be a good thing for my album the next album i think it's going to be a good thing for when i eventually tour again so happy I'm I'm married but my partner is so independent that he just buggers off and does his own thing love that so I'll go off on tour you know he's in Oxford studying he's like such a such a smart annoyingly smart person kills me <laughs> um, so he'll be doing his own thing and you know what he's living in Oxford I'm living in London right now and it's just so chilled yeah. I, I don't feel any anxiety no about it and you know think there's always going to be anxiety in my job in your job there's always going to be a bit of pressure and and there's always going to be you know weird situations but I think that I'm just better equipped to deal with them now thank god yeah so with all that yeah I can I can feel a little bit more at ease in life I think I'm so so (laughs) glad to hear that it's a wonderful thing to hear and I've just loved chatting to you so thank you you too that's great thank you Oh, thank you so much, lovely Ellie Golding. Just such an incredible woman. We recorded this in her studio, so expect a new album soon, I'd say. We've got another singer-songwriter coming up in this series, so do keep your ears peeled for that. Discover it first when you subscribe. And to find out who's on the show next week, find us on Instagram, at happyplaceofficial. Thanks again to lovely Ellie, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, And to you, brilliant lot for listening. I'll see you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.